In this episode, we're going to briefly talk about Tim Keller's passing and some of its implications, as well as answer the question, if God can retroactively answer prayers. Let's get into it. So first, for those who haven't heard, Tim Keller just passed away, and I made a post on Instagram about it. Uh, I thought, and Facebook, I guess, I um, thought some of my takeaways were a little valuable. It's very short. Uh, It's not a big deal at all, but, you know, I thought it would be good to also share on my podcast uh, just because this post raised a question that I would also like to talk about, which is how exactly God can answer our prayers. So first, I want to share with you this um, this statement and the news about his passing that I shared on Instagram and Facebook. So here we go. I said this, Tim Keller was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2020. He was in the hospital this week from cancer-related symptoms. Just yesterday, which today is May 19th, so yesterday was May 18th. So on May 18th, He was released from the hospital to hospice care at his home with his family where he passed away shortly after. Tim Keller was a massive name in evangelicalism. His life goal was focused on innovating new ways to communicate the gospel to our postmodern world. In many ways, he succeeded and was helpful to many people by the grace of God in growing their faith. And sadly, we also need to recognize that he has also failed in many ways to communicate the gospel faithfully. Tim Keller would often emphasize a palatable message at the cost of unfiltered truth of the Bible. He wanted to reach as many people as possible with a message they could understand and accept. And he was successful at that. We should keep in mind the good and the bad when we reflect on prolific teachers like Tim Keller and consider God's providence at work in his life, but also remember the biblical warning, not many of you should be teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, James 3.1. Regardless, we can recognize his boldness to stick with his mission and through that his ability to impact so many people for better and worse. One man can make a huge impact in the world, and Tim Keller is an example of that. Pray that he is with the Lord, and pray for his family during this time. Uh, I've spoken more about Tim Keller in other podcast episodes, and so I'm not going to belabor the point here. I think that communicates my thoughts uh, pretty well and pretty concisely. And a lot of people started asking me, what? Tim Keller didn't? always communicate the gospel completely faithfully. If you want to learn more about um, maybe the the negatives of Tim Keller that you might not often hear about, I would recommend a video called What Happened to Tim Keller on YouTube. You can go look that up. I think it's got some really good content in it. Uh, but here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. When I said that we should pray that he is with the Lord and pray for his family during this time, a couple of people kind of had a problem with that. And I can kind of see why uh, it's, it's, it might to some people seem a little bit strange, but I want to explain where I'm coming from. 
So the issue they had is with me saying, pray that he is with the Lord. And these people were saying things like, well, either he's with the Lord or he's not. And so praying isn't going to do anything about it because once we die, we're either in heaven or we're in hell. And, you know, like it's done. And so praying can't change that. Uh, which, you know, and I see where they're coming from. I think that's definitely true to some extent. What has happened has happened. And there's no going back and changing what has happened, obviously. But here's why I said that specifically. One, because we don't know that Tim Keller was saved, I think. And a lot of people realize, especially because of the um, possible unfaithfulness of the past few years. And I, I think it has been a lot more than that. Um, a lot of people have been like, you know, questioning his theology. And when we question someone's theology, we can also question their salvation. But I think it's no place for us to judge if Tim Keller was saved or not, because we just don't know. Uh, we can judge his words and we can judge his fruit, but we can't tell if the guy was actually saved or not. Now, along those lines, what a lot of people also say is like, well, you know, it was it was the cancer drugs talking because he he really went crazy in the past few years. A lot of people who really love Tim Keller, they're like, yeah, he went crazy in the past few years, but he's he's been great his whole life otherwise. And I would disagree. If you watch videos like what happened to Tim Keller, you would realize that he has been on this path for decades. It's not just been since 2020. It's not just been the past three years, but it has been literal decades. Honestly, ever since he started preaching, like ever since he got out of college, ever since he was in college, he has been toying with leftism and Marxism and uh, a a watered down kind of gospel for the purpose of reaching the masses uh, better, let's say. And you know, you know, his, where his heart was, it seems, was to reach the most people, um, and I think that was an intentional choice for him, trying to reach as many people as possible. And it was probably, well, I, I'm sure it was because I've heard him say things like this before. We need to make the gospel palatable to people. But where I sit. And where I think um, the more faithful Christians sit is that it's not our job to filter God's word to people. Our job is to preach and communicate God's word clearly and faithfully the way God handed it down to us when we communicate it to people. It's not our job to filter it. It's not our job to water it down. Because if we add water to wine, we're not making better wine. We're just making watered down wine, you know, <laughs> and watered down wine isn't good. It, uh, it corrupts the gospel trying to water it down. It doesn't, um, it doesn't make it easier to drink. It makes it useless to drink. So anyway, um, because of that, that's why I added that line, please pray for Keller's salvation, because we don't know if he's saved or not, and I think it's beneficial if we pray to God that you know Tim Keller is saved, because I want Tim Keller to be saved, right? I want to meet Tim Keller in heaven one day and shake his hand and, you know, bask in the glory of God together, you know, with, with this brother who made so many mistakes, but also did so many good things, you know, like, like we all do, we make a lot of mistakes and we do good things and it's not the bad things that send us to hell. It's, uh, well it is, but it's not the bad things that keep us out of heaven. Um, because if we truly are saved then Jesus saves us completely and no sin 
can keep us away from that because Jesus has forgiven all of the sins of his people, right? So anyway, can God retroactively answer prayer is the question. Um, And honestly, I don't think we have a ton of scriptural guidance on this. I can see why people would, would think it's weird that I said that. And honestly, it's not a hill that I really want to die on. So if, you know, if, if anybody has any biblical evidence to say like, no, here's an example of, you know, somebody being rebuked for praying for somebody like that, then, uh, then I'm with you. Like, you know, I just want to do what the Bible says, but, uh, it's also not a major part of my theology. I don't make a habit out of praying for dead people, you know, and it's not even the dead people that I'm praying for. It's, uh, I am asking God to to hold fast to the people who he um, who he has saved, you know, which I think that at least is a totally reasonable prayer. There are plenty of situations in the Bible where prayers are offered up to God about God remembering his promises. And so that's kind of how I view that. Um, but you know, if you don't want to pray for Tim Keller and his salvation now that he has died, then don't. But I think, well, let me, let me give the argument first. Let me try to build out their argument, the opposing argument uh, as well as possible, because, you know, I think, you know, this isn't, this isn't some set in stone church doctrine that we shouldn't be able to talk about, but this is just something that kind of has popped up and I said some random thing and a couple of people had a problem with it and uh, quite a few people liked what I said, you know? So, so again, the argument goes like this. If somebody's dead, then we, you know, then it's over. God's not going to do anything to change it. And our prayers can't do anything to change it either. That's basically our argument. And then it sounds like a pretty good argument, uh, in and of itself, I think. But that argument alone, I think, has some danger to it. And that danger is, uh, if you believe that God has planned out the world, that that God knows and has ordained everything that will happen, which I guess not everybody believes, but I think everybody should believe that because it's biblical and it's true. <laughs> but if you believe that God has planned everything out from the beginning, which he has, then in a way, everything is set in stone. So why do we pray at all? You know, if if God is going to do something, if like say you you pray for somebody's salvation who's alive, you know, let's say you you have a friend who you're not sure if they're saved and so you pray for them. Well, God is either going to save them or he's not going to save them regardless of your prayers because God has already decided to do that. So why pray? Well, because we're supposed to, and because God does listen to our prayers, and God does take those prayers into consideration, even when he preordained those things to happen, because God is the God of the past, and the present, and the future. God is not only the God of the present, but since before the beginning of time, God was. You know, the Bible says that. God existed from before the beginning of time, and he had all knowledge of everything that is ever going to happen. And so God knows exactly what's going to happen. And it's not like, you know, so, well, therefore, the conclusion is 
God has to take prayers into consideration that will happen in the future. Those prayers to preordain things to happen in the past. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. It makes sense to me. It has to happen that way. And therefore, I think it is reasonable to pray for the salvation of somebody who has already died. Now, one of the objections that somebody had to me is they said, that sounds Catholic. You know, that sounds like Catholicism and purgatory, which was a total misunderstanding of what I was saying because, you know, I am very anti-Catholic. <laughs> I <laughs> Anything that smells like, even, even like has a, a tinge of a smell of Catholicism, I am away from. But uh, this isn't that. So I think the way they were perceiving what I was saying is maybe Tim Keller's in hell, but if I pray for him, God can pull him out of hell and put him into heaven. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. So we would agree that either somebody is in hell or they are in heaven and that cannot change. But that isn't to say that we can't pray anyway for them to be in heaven because nothing in a, in a way can change. You know, God is, has written out everything to happen exactly the way it's going to happen. And, you know, if, if we take that same line of reasoning, then therefore, well, there's no point for us to pray. But we know that that's ridiculous. Even if you hold the view that everything has been written out and everything is going to happen exactly the way God wants it, then you also know that God wants us to pray and we have a responsibility to pray. And we should pray. And it's good to pray. And God actually takes those prayers into consideration in his sovereign will and his sovereign plan to do things in a way that actually answers our prayers um, for, you know, for our good or, or you know, God actually, the, those prayers have real substance. They're not just arbitrary things, but they have real substance. God is storing up prayers in heaven. Those prayers are real things and they have real substance. And so, you know, therefore, I think because God is the God of the past, the present, and the future, he can retroactively answer those prayers. So me in the future, or, or in the present, you know, right now, can say, God, I pray that Tim Keller's with you in heaven. And God could say yes, or he could say no, right? And it doesn't matter that I'm praying after he died. Another weird kind of thing that I thought about is, you know, what if what if somebody's on their deathbed? If you think praying for a dead person is a really serious problem, uh, just like, for example, you know, let's just compare it to Catholicism. Let's say I think, um, and this is true, that praying to dead people is a serious problem. <laughs> and so uh, if if there was even a risk of me praying to like a saint, uh, a dead saint, then I, you know, I wouldn't want to risk it. And so I wonder if people who take this strong opinion against praying for people who may have died or who have died, uh, would believe that we need to stop praying for people, uh, if we're not sure if they're dead or not. Right. So like, you, you know somebody's really sick and you know they might have died or they might die any minute or maybe you hear of some kind of 
um, celebrity or something like Tim Keller and you're not sure, like we heard he's in hospice care and we know that people who go to hospice care, they, they aren't going to live much longer. And so when we, when we hear this, should we not pray for their salvation? Should we stop and say like, well, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. He's either going to heaven or hell. It's too late. And then another thing, uh, you know, if somebody's like unconscious dying in bed, is it useless to pray for them anyway? Because they would have already made their, or they would have already repented or made their, uh, you know, their final profession of faith if they never really believed up until that point and like, you know, finally believed on their deathbed. If that happens, it would have already happened. So like, there's no point to pray for them anyway. And so it's hard, I think, to exactly determine where we should draw the line of not praying for people. Unless you say like, well, we, we know for sure Tim Keller's passed away now and so we shouldn't pray for him anymore. Uh, but yeah, so again, it's not a hill that I want to die on, but I just think God can retroactively answer prayers. Um, but I, I also don't, like I said, make a habit of it myself. And I don't think we should make a habit of it necessarily. Um, because we should be focusing on the present and the future. And we should be focusing on the salvation of people who, uh, you know, who, still have a chance to change their minds. But I don't know, just something about it seems appropriate to me to pray for somebody who is recently deceased. Um, like maybe you've never prayed for Tim Keller's salvation before. If you hear that he died, I don't see a problem with you saying a quick prayer to God. Ah, God, I, I pray that Tim Keller's with you right now. And that's not even saying like, save, go, go back in time and save Tim Keller. But it's like, you know, I, I pray that a certain thing is happening right now. And, you know, we, we pray that kind of prayer often. Like we see the, uh, the, the moral decay and the crumbling of our nation. And so I often pray that, that this, this state that we are finding ourselves in, in America is leading us to a future of repentance. You know, I pray for the reformation of our nation I pray for the um, the awful stuff that that's happening, not to just get worse and worse until we're destroyed, but that it leads to something good. And I think it's the same kind of prayer. It's just praying that God is working in a certain way right now, as opposed to a different way that would look the same. Like we don't know if Tim Keller's saved or not. We don't know if our friend who passes away or our family member who passes away is saved or not. But we can have assurance that God is good and we can also have assurance that God answers prayers and does the right thing. And so, yeah, I don't have a problem with praying for that. Uh, but again, you know, I'm free to have pushback, but uh, I, I don't think that argument necessarily that that was used against me in this situation is a very good one because it has mm, worse implications if you carry it through. But just something to think about. Uh, hope that was interesting. That's all I got. See you next time.